Take a seat in your comfiest chair. Pour yourself a glass of courtroom brandy, and once you are ready, let's go on a voyage. Aristinia household was quiet this morning, but not unpleasantly so. Avalon's parents praised themselves on separating family and work. Elvara and Silmar, his mother and father respectively, were doing their early morning ritual of poached eggs on a bed of rice, as the members of the family shared their plans and fears for the day. It's usually a nice time, one of the closest times that the Veristinia family has together, no elemental servants allowed in the room. But it's a little quieter than usual. Telarissa, Avalon's younger sister, is vapidly chatting about how she's excited to see her cousin Fortescue at the big event today, and how she's baked a batch of cupcakes for the feast this weekend. She talks about her biggest fears of the day, that the servants might not be able to fix up her beaded teal blue dress before the trial this afternoon. And then she talks about her worries that her latest theoretical psychology paper might not be up to snuff in an equally vapid way. It takes a particular kind of person to make a deeply researched scientific thesis sound shallow, but Telarissa had just that excessive level of intelligence that made it seem easy. Two seats at the family table were empty, of course. Avalon wasn't there to share his high and low points of the day to come. And well, his brother never would again. When the topic came back around to them, neither Elvara nor Silmar would share their fears this morning, so they only talked about their positives, because they didn't mix their home life with work. So they talked about how excited they were to see old family, how proud they were of Telerissa, and how desperate they were to see her start dating again, etc, etc. And when your work is dealing with the massive political fallout of an ever-increasing tension inside your noble house, that makes it difficult to separate work and family. But not sharing these fears was their way of trying to be good parents. And they tried to be good parents, damn it, come hell or high water. But they didn't mix family with work, and that is a two-way street. So when they arrived at the trial, all familial joy was gone from their face. It was almost like they didn't recognize each other when they took seats behind the prosecutor and defense's desks, respectively, and gave each other steely-eyed glares. The trial had begun. I am Ben Schiffler, and I am your dungeon master. One of Avalon's parents is defending him? I, I was going to say, why, what? One of them is defending? Oh, no. It's a trap. 
Uh, so I'm thinking for our intros, uh, since we kind of ended last night, this is the morning of your final day at Windsor Veristinia's estate. So I'd love to hear from each of you in that morning. Um, I don't think we'll do full details of what happens in the morning, but what I'd love is like a little bit of you guys packing up, taking what stuff is yours, collecting it all back together, heading back to your boat. And maybe as intros, unless there were des- things people desperately wanted to do in the morning before the trial, the intros could just be each of you, your journey back to the boat and like beginning to set up and see your new spaces on this newly repaired boat. If that, if that works for you, unless there was other stuff people were wanting to tackle this morning, in which case we could do that intro ish or we could replan it. What, how do people feel about that? Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Great. Then who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Excellent. So we're walking back to the boat, looking in the boat putting stuff away, reflecting, got it, and action. Um, (laughs) 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 All right, well, Virgil says goodbye to his sand-filled bedroom, and with all of his worldly possessions in a gunny sack, he makes his way to the dockyard and up the gang plate to the How Am I Feeling? In the captain's quarters, he uh, unloads all of his items, and to his surprise, finds a book. It is the first book he's ever owned, legally. Um, (laughs) 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 You did steal that one from the library, I guess. That is true. But then he realized this was also from a library. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) That's fair. Well, maybe not so legally. He thinks to himself. <laughs> Anyways, it goes on to the bookshelf. It's the first of its kind. Um, it's the book by Marcus Mint, and he uh, he reads it, the, the spine of the book, something about some death, and he starts to read it at least, opens it up, flips through a few pages, and promptly puts himself to sleep. <laughs> I'm Virgil Badwater and I'm played by Jake. Amazing. Uh I think the title of this uh this book is going to be The Many Words of Death by Marcus Mint. Ooh, that's cool. Mm. Cheerful. So I was like reading the foreword or something. Was there anything good in there? <laughs> oh yeah, you really absorbed a whole lot of it. Maybe make me like a insight check or something just to see what you pick up from the the beginning of it. So like a dedication page to my plan. Table of contents. Uh, twelve. Yeah, you can you remember the dedication page, which would be <laughs> to my plants and to the cleverest of men. Oh, okay. Who wants to go next? So Rowan uh, packs up his stuff, uh, given all the shenanigans we've gone through so far since escaping the prison at the end of the world. Um, it's probably a good idea to pack up as soon as possible and get the and hightail it out of there uh, right after the trial, because you always know how these things goes. Um, Fog's catching up, and um, we've already spent way too much time on this island. Uh, when I get to the boat. I enter the captain's quarters and see, I see uh, Virgil like passed out on his bed and I see his uh, bookshelf. Um, and I put my own three books up there as well. 
Um, <laughs> the three books that I own are The Natural History of the Triangle, um, The Atlas, and the history of the sort of the regional history of something. I don't know what the proper title is, but that's what the book is about. Um, the myths and legends of the Kaseki Islands. Um, I keep those on me, but um, I take Virgil's book off the shelf and flip through it. Uh, my name is Rowan Ridley and I'm a human bard played by Shing. Yeah, you got a nice little library collection building up in the captain's quarters. Yeah, cool. I Oh, I think uh, Flaxen should go next because you also have books. <laughs> I, I you guys need some fucking eternity <laughs> so you can get a new room on this boat. Is uh, I, I don't have names for my books except for... I can make some up. This is D&D. The Adventures of Captain Casey. Oh, would you do that? Sure. All right. We'll see yeah. how many pirate book names I can come up with in 25 seconds. I follow uh, Rowan onto the boat with a, a stack of books piled high. Nice. As, as you're leaving, just to throw in a little color, um, as you're leaving the castle behind, you do see that uh, it looks like the help is gone. Uh, as you recall, the turtle vanished last night. Uh, and so the person who's helping clean up is none other than Gatekeeper Whip. Um, seems like he's taken on a couple of additional duties working around the, the children's castle. Um, and uh, he's pretty busy sweeping out sand from one of the rooms uh, and muttering to himself about what a low-class job this is for a gatekeeper of his stature and sexiness. Yeah, and I, I, I have about five books on pirates and one book on elementalists. And I carry them over and set them on the shelf as well. And then uh, set down some of my belongings next to my what do you call it? Hammock. Oh, nice. Yes, this is downstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you enter the downstairs, it's the cleanest and nicest you've ever seen the bottom of this ship. Um, there's there's never been like a real thorough cleaning, even in Mo Daughter Harbor after it was repaired. It was merely repaired. It wasn't like someone took this dingy old boat that lived in a museum and tried to make it habitable. But this looks habitable. Like the uh, it looks like illustrations from your pirate stories and that it's actually like clean, well-stained decks uh, and the hammocks are up and it looks like the downstairs has actually changed a little bit um there are uh, two hammocks strung up but on the far side of the room there's actually two bunks um that appear to have replaced two of the hammocks that help give the space a little bit more room uh and then there's a few chests that look like uh people can store their own supplies in do we have to call dibs on the bunks you do i call dibs on the bunk <laughs> uh you're not downstairs yet so you couldn't sorry yeah, I, I i stack my stuff on the bunk and uh as i'm pulling goods and souvenirs out of my pockets uh, a bunch of sand from my room falls out onto the floor <laughs> i am flax and roan and i'm played by nick i'm a half-orc rogue um ishmael has no possessions other than his guitar so he puts his guitar He's got on one his back. nasty shirt yeah and <laughs> one nasty shirt that's not what i'm wearing though i'm wearing my normal white shirt um, so I just kind of chill. I like walk alongside the, uh, I think Flaxen. I walk alongside Flaxen because I haven't seen much of Flaxen in the last, uh, day and a half. Um, I have no idea what you've been up to except for that one time when we saw each other, sort of. So as you're walking back to the boat with your books, I think I'm next to you, like, uh, asking you about, oh, you see, so you've been learning about pirates. Wow, cool. Yeah, and I guess, uh, elementalists too. Oh, I had no idea magic could be so fascinating. I 
you, we, uh, we should talk about that sometime. It's not an intro. <laughs> yeah, perhaps sometime when I've read more of this book. I've been kind of focusing on the pirate ones right now, one at a time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, since he has no objects to set down, when Flaxen goes downstairs to put his stuff downstairs, uh, Ishmael stays on the deck and just kind of leans backwards against the railing and looks up at the sky and soaks in that good, good weather that he loves so good. Nice. Can you make me a little arcana check as you're looking up at the sky? Is it a cloud uh, here check? Here we go. Oh, maybe, maybe. It's a six. It oh, looks nice. like a duck. You see a big cloud, and then that cloud splits into two clouds. Nice. I love wow. it. I'm Ishmael Overcast. I'm a elf sorcerer. I'm played by Emma, and I cannot stop referring to myself in the context of this podcast in my own head as Scotty. And I hate it. <laughs> you just call yourself Ishmael. Problem the player solved. with three names. <laughs> I'm Ishmael and I'm played by Ishmael. Yeah. I'm done. Yes. So last we have. So Avalon, I realized, uh, actually, I, I never uh, said that I took any of my possessions off the boat. Um, because more or less, I just own like weapons and an alchemy book. So, uh, like, and I specifically remember forgetting my weapons on the boat when we went to go fight Unglian, which yeah. was a problem. Yeah, that but, was an issue. Uh, so rather than deal with any of that, I go upstairs in the kids' estate while everyone is milling around downstairs and leaving. I go upstairs to Thanazar's room, my brother's room. I go in and I sit down on the bed. And looking around, I say, I know you probably can't hear me. I don't even know if you would be able to if you were buried here, but you're buried way out east. But in the off chance you can, today I start trying to make this right. And I stand up and turn the light out and, and make me a perception me. check. Uh, what? Make me a perception um, check before you turn the light out. Check uh, requires a d20, which. Yeah, that I would be one get. that you want to do have when you are playing the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. For our yeah, new yeah. D&D listeners, uh, the oh. d20 is the entire core thing you use in the game. So you might um, want to have it out before we start recording the podcast, Connor. Well, all right, all right. Well, I don't know how useful this is, but I got a six. Oh, nice. Uh, you see on the desk, uh, there is a book uh, that you hadn't noticed before because it looked pretty plain. It looks like a like a, a notepad you might use in chemistry. Uh, and on the front of it, it says uh, Thanazar's uh, journal. Oh. Uh. Well, I'm going to grab that before nice. I turn out the light and leave. Mm -hmm. Do you look into it? Once I'm out of the room, I guess I'll 
quickly flip through to whatever the last entry is. Totally blank. The entire thing is 100% blank. You did roll a six. What? The, uh, di- the journal seems to be entirely blank. Hmm. I am Avalon Veristinia, voiced by Connor. I'm an elven barbarian. I smell magic afoot. Yeah. It's like this is some like kitty shit uh, oh. written in lemon juice. You got to put up to the flame to see them secret message. You got a <laughs> national treasure. This shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh no. So the uh the five of you congregate around the uh ship in the late morning. Ishmael, you're uh, standing on the boat. I am, yes. As you're standing on the boat, uh you can see uh there is a figure who is walking along the ocean, uh who is holding the hand of a very small figure. Oh, God. No. The two of them are walking towards the island. I would like to take a closer look at these figures. Oh, yeah. Can you guess who they are? Death and a child. Death and a turtle. <laughs> Death and a turtle. Oh. Death and I... a turtle. So I don't need to make a perception check. I can just see that. You can see that it is death and there is a turtle that the death is holding hands with. How far away uh, do they look? Uh, they're maybe 500 feet away. Are they like um, uh like gonna reach us before the fog does? Yes, for sure. Uh the fog okay. is, looks like it's gonna sit hit the uh shoreline at like uh, six PM today, five PM today. Right now it's let's say eleven AM. It looks like mm-hmm. they're gonna get here within five minutes or ten minutes. Okay. I uh run to the edge of the boat that I can see them clearest, like in a in a flash, my eyes wide, um, and I attempt to head them off like i want to i want to greet them i attempt to put myself where i think they will be when they reach the island uh you head over towards where they're going to uh land and as they grow closer you can see that they're having a bit of an argument making me an insight check okay 12 uh, the turtle is pretty loudly going on and on about how he is the utmost of servants of the Veristinia estate, and he will not leave as long as there is a Veristinia on the island. Uh, and Death seems to very patiently be talking to the turtle, saying that the turtle has died, uh, and it has a lot of great memories here, but it should walk onwards uh, into the lands beyond. Are they like foggy shapes, or do they just look? normal uh they're a little foggy it the, little foggy. i will say it's not like uh, foggy is not the right word for it um they're a little incorporeal i would okay. say got it uh jeez. okay i am kind of struck and have no idea what to think so i just wait for them to approach uh okay death eventually looks up and sees you on the shoreline uh and she sighs and then she looks to her left and looks to her right and then she looks up at you and gives you kind of a half-hearted wave i very slowly give her a half-hearted salute she looks down to the turtle and kind of points at it and mouths like can you see him i nod real big and slow she sighs, defeated, uh, and she reaches into her unending like pouch on the side of her belt, uh, and she pulls out a couple of granola bars uh, and hands one to the turtle and begins munching on one herself, uh, and then walks over towards you, and eventually, on the shoreline, hands you one of her granola bars. I don't take it. 
she hands it out to me, I don't yeah. take it. I look up at her and I ask her, what are you doing here? Oh, dear. I'm just helping folks pass on like I normally do. The fog's not here yet. Why are you here? I'm... Oh, I'm not bound to the fog. I'm death. I mean anyone that dies. At this, the turtle looks up and says, Who are you talking to, ma'am? And she says, Shush, turtle. If you're not going to go onwards, the least you can do is uh, be here and let me have a conversation. Why are you bringing him here? Because he asked to. Sometimes, when people aren't willing to move on, what they need to see is the places that they came from. So that they can... Get on with the business. And I've got... She uh, pushes up her sleeve and looks at her wrist. Uh, and you can see it just has a lot of skulls around where all of the numbers would be. Uh, and she says, and I've got an appointment in an hour. So I uh, I really need this turtle to move on onwards onto the next one. If I but eat this granola bar, will it like Persephone me? Persephone? <laughs> No, dear, it'll just, uh, it's just a tasty granola bar. I make them myself. I slowly grip the granola bar. Is it corporeal? Uh, it is. Yeah. Okay, I take it out of her hands. I don't eat it. I just, like, hold it. Uh, uh-huh. My eyes are wide and I'm very still. Um, and then while I'm holding this, like, super awkwardly, I ask her, is there anything I can do to help? Uh, maybe. Any chance you could, uh... Give it a whirl. Try talking this little turtle into walking into the light. Hey, turtle. Yes, sir. Oh, you can see me. Do you have the bell still? No, uh, no, I left it back at the castle. Um, are you? You're an elemental turtle. I am indeed. When you're my good sir. When you die, where do you go? I don't know, and she won't tell me. I, 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 I did tell you, Turtle, you go onwards to the next place, wherever things go when they die. And that's not much of an answer, ma'am. Hey, Turtle. How yes. long have you been on this island? Uh, as long since I was raised, a thousand and a half years or so. Turtle, that's so long to be in one place. You need to take care of yourself. You need to see new things. You need to do new things. Don't you want to try... Seeing a new world? Where do you Make go? Make a persuasion check. Five. He says, no, I don't. What I want is to serve the Veristinia household and anyone who stays on the island. I will serve them to their utmost. I look up at death then. I, I just shrug. Can, can you like leave though? I'm, I'm real nervous seeing you here. To do you say that to who? To death. Okay. Uh, death says, uh, "Look, this is as much my beat as it is yours. So uh, I have to walk around and deal with the dead." Okay. Well, good luck. And then I same to you. Step away. Uh, she continues holding the turtle's hand and walks back over towards the uh, the children's manor uh, with him. I watch them go, uh, frozen. I don't head back to the boat until I can see them completely out of my vision. Cool. Uh, Hey, Ishmael, who are you talking to? Death. I'm thousand yards staring. (laughs) 
and I'm holding a granola bar. Can you see the granola bar? <laughs> yes, actually, you can I, see that she is holding like a Nature Valley granola bar. I'm like holding I it just, up, like by I my just, face. Flaxen just stares blankly and turns around and walks away. (laughs) (laughs) As you guys all uh, assemble on the deck eventually, uh, Virgil, you eventually wake up as uh, uh, there is a loud as none other than Gatekeeper Whip, flanked by a few of the other servants of the island, approach the feeling and Gatekeeper Whip steps up onto the deck and loudly proclaims his entrance. Oh, what are you doing here? Hey, what's up? I loudly proclaim my entrance. Uh-huh. What's, what brings you up here there? Whippy, whippy boy? Whipping boy? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call you from now on. Nice. <laughs> wow. I got there. Climbing over the back of the boat, you can see the sheepish archivist has joined to wish you a fair trial as well. Oh, hey, that's a huge spider. Wow. Uh, he, oh, yeah, you he, he, wasn't, he wasn't kidding when he said it was a big spider. Well, I just wanted to say that, Avalyn, I, I really hope you have a great trial. And I want to say that I've loved getting to know all of you on this island. And thanks so much, Rowan, for helping me out with the book fair. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Archivist? Yeah. Are you a venomous spider? No, I'm a magical spider. You might not even call me a spider. Well, uh, I might. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could. (laughs) Should I be worried about this? And I reveal my, my snake bite on my arm, and it's gotten a little more putrefied. Oh my god! At this, Whip loudly exclaims and uh, uh, rushes over to feel your bicep. (laughs) Hell yeah, he does. Oh, that feels good. On the bicep? I also got a little case of tennis elbow. Oh, I've got something for that, he says. uh, And his hands, somehow perpetually oiled, uh, start running over your shoulder. Oh, oh, that's, no. that's quite a trick. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm feeling much better now. Thank you very much. Al. Are they like human hands? Yeah, they're human hands. Can, can we evacuate like Gross. everyone but him? <laughs> wow. Evacuation from evacuation, says Windsor as he walks up onto the deck. Well, I think the trial is nearing, so... Uh, um, perhaps y'all want to head with me towards the fog chamber. I very quickly like grab Windsor's shoulder and pull him a little bit aside and say, "You're not evacuating." No, I'm not. This is my home. Yeah, but that's that doesn't mean you should die with it, Avalyn. You got bigger fish to fry today. I'm 855, and you have a trial to get to. Hey, Windsor, what are you going to do in an hour? I think the trial will still be running. You, you're going to stay by the trial, right? Of course. Okay, never mind. Just asking for a friend. I'm, gonna he- I'm here to help you through it, Avalyn. And I think... 
we all can help Avalyn through this. I think Avalyn's really got this. But, you know, I think Avalyn might have a better chance if we all kind of do something to help him emotionally. So maybe if all of us can just do something to help Avalyn out, and if we get three successful moments of helping Avalyn out <laughs> before three of us fuck up, then it's uh, possible that he'll get a little bonus to his roles during that uh, that trial there. <laughs> oh, for... Oh, okay. Wait, is this like a pre-trial thing? Pre-trial <laughs> skill challenge. So uh, just for the listeners, we're flipping skill challenges a little bit. We had talked about this a little bit off the off the mic. Um, but the idea is we're just going to have one roll per person. So basically every single time it's three before three. Um, and I'll still set the average DC. Uh, but uh, yeah, so everyone gets one chance to... Uh, try and improve Avalyn's morale uh, before the the trial hits. Wait, uh, including Avalyn? Uh, yeah, psych yourself up <laughs> or out. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'd say the skills that you can use are definitely persuasion to try and pump him up and intimidation to keep him from psyching himself out. <laughs> what? Intimidation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bullying me into being happy? That's yeah. uh, me. That's what I do to all my friends. I don't. That seems really mean. <laughs> I have a oh. five in intimidation. Get ready, Evelyn. Be <laughs> <laughs> Uh... I've got an idea, but I don't I don't know if it's going to be a good one or not. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a bad idea, but it could work, which might make it Perfect. a good idea. You'll see. You'll like it, Avalon. Oh, oh, oh good. <laughs> I step oh, good. forward and look at Avalon, and then I look over to Ishmael and I say, "As your captain, I I can't help but pick up on certain things, and I've noticed the two of you seem to have sparked a fire. And, well, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, but as a, a captain of a ship, I, I have the legal authority to, uh... No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you know what I mean, uh, I, it would be just a few words, uh... At, what is he talking about? At, at this point, I try to, I try to like manhandle Virgil away from this situation. Virgil, Wait, make me a persuasion check, and you're not going to be persuading them in terms of that, but you might make him laugh enough that it kind of diffuses the tension. <laughs> Rowan, what, what can captains do? Uh, it's DC 13. That's a failure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just utterly flummoxed by this. Uh, I'm laughing. I was. I think I might have misread I, something. I'm. I'm really sorry. I pat well, you on the back. I, I mean, I, in in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, he didn't misread the like being an item thing, but. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> Virgil, you catch a tennis ball to the side of your neck uh, as rhythm from the other side of the boat says, uh, poorly played, Cap. <laughs> All right. That's one failure. God. My bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can go next. I like managed to like pull uh Virgil away a, a little too soon. Uh, I mean a little too late, sorry. And I like I don't know, I shove him back into the captain's quarters or I shove him back into like a broom closet or something. Um <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> I don't know, I'm just kind of like my hands are like gripping nothing and I'm staring into nothing and I'm like, "Oh my god, Virgil, please." Uh 
I, I turn to look at Avalon and even despite all my sort of like personal grievances with you, you know, with not with uh, completely destroying my spine and dirtying our flag. Um, I look at you and <laughs> I say, <laughs> so Avalyn, when I was applying for jobs back on my home islands, I learned this trick before going into interviews that would psych myself up. Um, and I think it might help you given this disastrous speech you just heard. And what I want you to do is put your hands on your hips, kind of like stand uh, with your legs out a little bit and just strike a pose. Uh, okay. One, mak two, mak three, mak rena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I do as directed. Yeah. And so basically I'm making you do the superwoman pose to psych yourself up. And you're Amazing. just going to tell yourself that you are great and you're going to succeed at this and you are awesome and fuck everyone who tells you otherwise. And that is my um, method of persuasion, I guess, for you. Not a super great. persuasion, but I'm going to use that anyways. Power pose. Power pose. Yes. I'm going to make you power pose. I got a 19. Sick. Yeah. You know, there, f- f- for whatever reason, you know, that, that gives you that little extra burst of, uh, of saving you from whatever Virgil just said. Uh, it's certainly, I feel better than I did 10 seconds ago. So, yeah. That's one success and one fail. Do we know, did you tell us the DC for this? DC 13. Okay. I rolled first and I was using that to base how I wanted my persuasion to go. Ah. Hey, and don't worry. If you get locked up, you won't have to worry for long. What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, because the the fog. Oh, because the fog. (laughs) Sure. I mean, from an existentialist point of view, I guess that makes me feel a little better. And I rolled a 14 on that. Nice. That's two successes. Okay. Um... I'm going to do a performance check. I'm going to play you a song. I play Sit Next to Me by Foster the People because that song is chill as hell and I never get bored of it when it comes on the radio. Look it up. It's a good song. Um, And we we have the rights to that, yeah? Because we can't put it in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So just kind of load up the YouTube video right now while you're listening to this. put it on in the background right now. We'll give you a second to, uh, to find it in your browser and sync it up. Uh-huh. And I'll just give you one more <laughs> second. And uh, and I rolled a 23. Oh, beautiful. Hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as you do, it's almost like the sun shines a little brighter on the deck of the ship. And those little fragments of clouds up in the sky uh, seem to drift away. Whoa. I don't notice that because I'm busy playing a song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's three successes. You want to get a little higher success, Avalyn? You can finish it out with four. And that'll go from a plus two to a plus three on your uh, rolls during the trial. All right. Um, while this song is going, uh, I'm feeling like this really nice sense of tranquility. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, the opposite of all the bad things that happened to me. So I'm going to really try and lean into that and sort of meditate on that. Nice. Um, Because I've done meditation to try and, like, keep myself calm before. But, like, Mm -hmm. this is certainly, like, way more useful than just sitting by myself in a room. Um, So what kind of role should I 
make Ooh, for that's that. an interesting one. I'd say constitution, maybe? Like a constitution save? I would be so happy to do a constitution save. Love it. Yeah, I was I'm thinking something that, that feels a little bit, like, uh, internal, uh, but also works for a barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to roll. 17. 17. That's a success. Uh, and maybe even a few words of uh, good old Gramps' square breathing pop back into your your head as you really recenter your brain space uh, in surrounded by people that care about you, at least four of them. And with four successes, you guys win the skill challenge. And you got you, uh, Avalyn. Can we get a sound cue for when we win skill challenges? Not that one. We don't know that one. One that we can actually. Use. I throw uh, a handful of rice into the air. How prepared were you for this? <laughs> uh, and uh, and with that, you get plus three on all of your uh, rolls during the trial. Mm. Good. So, uh, with that, we cut uh, to your approach of the mountain in the center of the island. And boy, it feels like a lifetime away that you were walking up to this mountain in the center of this island, sneaking past gnomes before you'd even met Windsor Vericinia uh, and had your relaxing two days on the island. But you don't hike up the mountain this time. You instead veer off to the right uh, along the beachfront, and uh, Windsor approaches a big, heavy iron door uh, that he knocks on. Uh, some runes glow, and they both shift to the side and dissolve into mist. Uh, and he grabs a torch from the wall over to the right, and he looks back to all of you and says, From here on out... Sorry. Wow, guys, from here on out, no magic. There's no magic inside these tunnels except for the zone of truth. So if you're going to start lying, uh, you might want to uh, uh, check that thought. The staircase down uh, is old and rustic, uh, but the fog chamber itself is in clean and good repair. It seems like it's a pretty massive arcane room, uh, and there's a lot of different runes and devices off to the left and right uh, side of this circular chamber. Uh, I'm kind Windsor of imagining the you, aesthetic of this place looking mist-like or riven-like. Is that what you definitely. imagine, Ben? Yeah, there's a lot of point-and-click adventure stuff happening here, for sure. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I love that. It's like a new technology in an old space. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and Windsor points you towards the center of the chamber uh, and says, All right, Avalyn, you'll crush it. But uh, uh, just remember, if you need out for any reason, uh, give me a signal and I'll turn off the fog chamber. They can't hurt you. They're just smoke and mirrors while here. So uh, Wouldn't that mean I forfeit the trial, though? It would. But that might be better than the alternative, depending on what happens. Oh, by the way, this is out of character. Um, are we retconning that I, I like found some of my old clothes in the... Definitely not. It's no. a state. No, I'm wearing a terrible t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does it say on it? Uh, I believe it says, uh, like, crunch bite. It's the crunchiest bite. 
Hell yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's nice. a very good one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great one. Uh, Windsor leads the rest of you off to the right, up a set of stairs that leads to the viewing chamber. Uh, it's not at the same ground level with the, the circular uh, uh, fog chamber. It's a little bit up and looking down uh, into the room, so you will have an aerial view of the courtroom that will be projected. Cool. And with that, Windsor leaves you behind, Avalyn. What do you do, Avalyn? Um, well, I... Am I in the fog room already? You're standing right at the precipice of it. Yeah, well, I uh, make a last-minute check of uh, the opening and closing statements I have and the alchemy book that I'm bringing in. Excellent. Yeah, um, you got them both on your person. Then... uh. I, I also check to make sure that there aren't any lingering weapons on me, just in case. I didn't think there were, but it's always good to check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, finding none, I uh, sort of momentarily do that power pose thing. Yeah. Uh, and then Very good. walk into the fog chamber. You know, it helps. A little. As you guys are standing in the viewing room, uh, Windsor fiddles around with some dials and buttons for a second, uh, and then he reaches over to a big hand crank, and he yanks it. Uh, And with an instant, within an instant, uh, the room begins uh, to be surrounded by the chatter of a courtroom waiting to be in session, a courtroom that seems like it's been waiting there for a while. And uh, you, Avalyn, are surrounded by all of your family and extended family. Uh, The benches are chock full on both your left and right of people that seem to be divided into support and defense of your position. And it goes straight down the middle. You can see your mother uh, is sitting on the side of the prosecution and your father is sitting on the side of the defense. Uh, And... Hmm. Every single other person in your family seems to have taken a side, and people that you are, are not technically part of your family, but the extended ones and anyone with influence. They all seem to have appeared, and they all are looking at you. Uh, and behind the judge's desk, uh, the grand four-headed ogre, which seems to be presiding, Whoa. looks down at you and grumbles and says, You're right. Did you say four-headed? Yeah, what's so grand about his forehead? Four-headed ogre. He has four heads. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, you could describe everyone in the world as four-headed. <laughs> That's okay, true. I have two questions um, bef- before I yes. respond. Um, one is, do all of the ogre's heads speak in unison, or is it just one of them? Just one of them. Okay, that's a lot less scary. That's they speak good. in harmony. Um uh and um how clear is the image for like all the family members and stuff like is it as if they're just like sitting there or is it very clear like they're made of fog and i can just tell who they are or are they kind of blurry what's going on it's definitely clear they're made of fog but you can tell who they are so you don't get color uh first of all it's just all made out of this kind of grayish mist but other than that it's quite crisp uh so you can tell everyone based off of features but it takes a second to recognize people because you don't have hair color or eye color or clothing color to go off of okay um i say 
Uh, apologies, Your Honor. Um, and I walk to, I assume there's a very obvious place for me to sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a seat uh, at the front on the table of the defense, which your father uh, and two lawyers are sitting at. And there's an open seat there. Okay, I go sit there. You fall through it because it's fog. You hit the ground. That is so (laughs) rude. And I stand up (laughs) next to the table. And that, yeah, I, um. A lot of people on the prosecution side kind of vindictively laugh at you, including your mother. Oh, great. Without saying anything, I look quizzically at my father, who I was not expecting to be part of the defense team. Mm hmm. Um, does he look back at me? Uh, yeah, he does. Um, I, I sort of like wiggle my head and kind of, uh, kind of like, what? What are it? He mutters under his breath. This isn't about family business, boy. And this is about business. This is much bigger than you. The quizzical look on my face slides off and i am immediately so unimpressed with his motivations for being here because for a brief moment i had thought oh maybe someone else is on my side but clearly that's not actually what's going on uh at this point uh the ogre gestures to the prosecution and your mother stands up from the other side uh and unsheafs a few pieces of paper and then she crumples them up and tosses them aside and says, judge, and she addresses one of the heads of the ogre, and she says, jury, and she ad- addresses the other three, and she says, <laughs> what? Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> it is clear from his actions and inactions that Avalyn is a broken child. I have known him ever since he came out of my womb. And ever since that moment, I have known that there was something wrong with him. But his actions speak louder than my words, so I won't let my words linger. Let's cut to the chase. Let's start bringing some people up that he has wronged. If that's all right with you. And the judge says, "Eh, anything to get this thing moving. You may go, ma'am. I already like your chutzpah. And she smiles. Oh, boy. And she says, uh, first off, I'd like to present some evidence. Number one. And she snaps her fingers. Uh, and as she does, the scene around you changes. Uh, and you are brought back there to the place that you were when you killed your brother. Uh, and you can see it as if it was a murder investigation. You can see the weapon coated in his blood. You can see his body just torn to pieces. Uh, and you can see the room uh, vacant and destroyed. Like, I get one of those, like, your heart sinks, like, down past your stomach moments. And, uh, I'm, well, just remembering what that was like. The the moments, the first moments that I can remember. And it's not good. Your father turns over towards you and sees your face and says, don't worry, this kind of thing never has any effect on the jury. It's just scare tactics to get the room on her side. 
I take a deep breath and sort of glance at him in an annoyed way because he's essentially belittling my emotional trauma, but that's fine. Uh, And uh, she says... As you can see, uh, there were two people in this room. One of them was my son. One of them was my son. And uh, uh, one tore the other person to shreds, destroyed them over a bitter argument. Seems like the case pretty much proves itself. And of course, we will be asking for execution, seeing as that is the, the, uh, the result of the crime of fratricide. Wow. Number two, the murder weapon. Uh, What was the murder weapon? Greatsword. Well, I mean, presumably it was a greatsword. The room uh, flashes back to the courtroom uh, and floating in the air in front of everyone. You can see the greatsword itself dripping with blood and viscera. Uh, And uh, yeah, it sucks. Uh, Gross. Yeah, it seems like it's positioned in just the right way to hit the light when you look at it, so as to make you uncomfortable and nervous. Mm. Uh, And your mother says, here is the weapon. It is of our family. It had been wielded before by Avalon. It is quite clear that he knew how to do the killing, and it is quite clear that he did it. Are we done, judge? Can we finish here? And the judge uh, rolls his eyes and says, ma'am, you know the rules as well as I. Uh, If you have any witnesses, you can call them up. Meanwhile, inside the observation chamber, you guys have all seen the dismembered brother of Avalon and his sword. How y'all doing? I am clutching Rowan's knee. I'm sitting next to Rowan. And I'm not saying anything. I've seen plenty of this before. Guys, I'm I'm starting to think that Avalon did it. <laughs> I, what? I, I, I punch Virgil in the shoulder. He's sitting on the other side of me. Um, all I do is just kind of like I have my arms crossed. That's it. This is, man, this is what I hate about him. This is what I hate about my family. This is why I could never, ever go back east again. This is why I'm all the way out here. As soon as you start getting further east, you get all this civilization, all this politic, and and I cannot stand it. This is family. They should be grieving, not lynching their own. This is disgusting. This is horror. Rhythm is in the room with you too, though she's pretty stock cold silent. Uh, Wendy now turns over to you, Flaxen, and says, Is there anything we can talk about to distract me from this? At least when they start getting to witnesses, they'll have to talk to each other's faces, just not show gruesome imagery. Actually, I was kind of hoping you could explain what's going on here. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought they were going to like fight or something. <laughs> Man, I wish. The times I spent in the Orgus Triblands, I will say there was a certain kind of sensibleness to how that legal system operated. When you get to the lands of these noble pricks, man, it's it's ugly. I mean, it's certainly easier to understand. <laughs> it certainly is. Basically, uh, the prosecution, they're the ones that want Avalon to die. They are calling up all kinds of things to defame him and his character. And then the defense gets a chance, that'll be Avalon, uh, a chance to say why his character isn't defamed. And then up there, the, the three heads of the ogre that aren't the judge, uh, they'll all pick. They'll decide whether he lives or dies. Huh. huh. The justice system in your land wasn't like this, Flaxen? 
No, we just had a uh, a noble decide, and then uh, if they want to defend themselves, it's combat. Jesus. Jesus doesn't exist in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very big earth elemental. <laughs> I mean, the, the noble was very just, so I think they always made the right decision. What about uh, what about the uh, four-headed ogre, Windsor? What do you make of him? Do you think this ogre will make the right call? Ah. Uh... You know, I, I don't believe in this system one way or the other, but the only person in this room I think I could stand is the ogre. At least the ogre's going to be asking the right questions, and the ogre's going to be keeping order, and the ogre's going to be debating on its own terms. Uh, you're not buying off an ogre like that. That's for certain. You're Avalon's uncle, right? Who are you related to? His father or his mother? I am the brother of his father's mother. Huh. Inside the fog chamber, uh, the prosecution calls up their next witness. Call to the stand. Well, let's cut to the chase. We all know that he did the crime. And we've seen what, what, what? it looked like. But uh, the truth oh, yeah, is, this is starting Avalyn, to sound familiar. Avalyn needs <laughs> to be put to death. Because even after being sent to prison, he has done more heinous crimes than when he was out of it. So I would call to the stand uh, two of the finest detectives of our justice system, Detectives Tudor Flute and Dunhat Doozy. Wait, hmm. what? And mistily appearing in the room, uh, Tudor Flute and Dunhat Doozy uh, seem to uh, to pop into existence from their own fog chamber. Um, and uh, uh, Dunhat Doozy kind of gives you a, a friendly wave, uh, but uh, keeps his quiet as Tudor Flute uh, walks over and takes the stand and says, uh, I will be the one talking if you don't mind. He switched accents again. Hey, Gofna. It's <laughs> he was like British, right? Yeah, but I think he became Southern at one point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all right. He's, he's, a, master of, he's, he's a master of disguise. Yeah, yeah, he's a master Zayden. of voices. Uh, to the flute here. Yes. Uh, your questions. Uh, and she says, what have your interactions been with my dear son uh, since you uh, have come across him? And at this point, Tudor Flute begins to give a relatively detailed history, though he puts you in a pretty good light um, through the things that you've done, uh, though he does mention that uh, you are no longer in the prison um, and you did flee uh, when it was destroyed, though he doesn't get into specifics about the fog. Uh, he, uh, uh, he does say that there was some kind of weather-related destruction of the thing and then lots of people fled, uh, and then you rescued him from a nearby island after he was stranded there. So, uh, all in all, people are pretty keen on, uh, on you after this piece, and it looks like your mother's kind of disappointed with the way this has turned. Uh, I was going to say, that seems like a better witness for me than for her. For sure, but it all begins to turn when she says, and what can you tell me about uh, this grand weather event? Well, uh, ma'am, there was some kind of great cataclysmic uh, fog rolled out out of nothing and it destroyed the the entire prison yes yes it destroyed the prison and tell me who was with I just I feel like I read it on a letter from someone but who was with Avalyn when uh, he rescued you oh, at no. this Tudor flute says 
This is I know so who you're good. talking about. And yes, Ishmael Overcast was with was with him. But I can personally vouch for Ishmael Overcast. No more questions. Thank you. Uh, and at this, Tudor Flute uh, walks off. Next witness. I feel like we're on a roll here, says your mother. Well, I would like to ask up to the stand none other than Ishmael Overcast's dear sister, Annalisa Overcast. Uh, And projecting herself into the room is Annalisa Overcast, side ponytail, flying in the wind. And she has color. Um, It seems like as a weather maid, she can project herself with color and mist. So she kind of shows up the rest of the room. And everyone's kind of uh, taken aback that an overcast appeared even here. Uh, There's weight to to that name in these kind of circles. And Annalisa Overcast. Uh How? I'm sorry. I'm not hurting you. I'm just, I need. I need support. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Can we yell objection at some point? No, we're not in there. Annalisa Overcast uh, takes the stand uh, as Flute and Doozy disappear. And Annalisa Overcast uh, steps up and she holds out a piece of paper and says, "All right, I think I can take it from here." The official recommendation and the official statement from the College of Weather Mages is that Ishmael Overcast, my brother, has stolen. And this is the first time we're making this public, so, you know, this is a big deal. Ishmael Overcast has stolen a storm glass. And at this, the entire room kind of gasps, and they all start muttering to each other. And then Annalisa Overcast, who you can see, she kind of shudders uh, under, in the back of her neck. And she says, and uh, it is the official statement of the College of Weather Mages that Ishmael Overcast has killed two weather mages, Morcus Mint and Lint Lunaroid. And with that, there are eruptions from the crowd. There are many Lunaroids in this audience, including Caterpillar Lunaroid, uh, who stands up on the side of the prosecution, and she shrieks, uh, and uh, uh, people give her some headway as she begins shouting uh, and defaming your name. And some people aren't willing to stop Wait, her. Wait, who, who's, whose name? Mine or Yours. Ishmael's? Uh, oh, mine? Yeah. Uh, it takes a little while for the ogre to calm everyone down, but at the very least, the ogre is keeping a level four heads. And, uh, uh, Annalisa Overcast says, uh, and unfortunately, that is not all. Uh, to assist in the hunt, the Penny Whistle Patrol has been reformed, with I as its captain. And, uh, Ish, if you're out there, we're coming for you. And I don't say we lightly. I just let out a long breath. Uh, and uh, uh, Avalyn, your mother says, uh, thank you. That will be all. I say I would like to ask, ask a couple of questions. The ogre says, of course you can. At this, Caterpillar screams, lunacy, heresy, burn him at the stake. Not, not a witch. <laughs> um... Uh, I, I look Annalisa dead in the eye and say, what proof does the college have that Ishmael did any of those things? Objection, says your mother. Proof is not needed. That is not part of the trial. The trial is for Avalon, not Ishmael. This is an official statement from the College of Weather Mages. 
The ogre looks over and says, sustains. Then what, then what relevance does it have to me? This appears to be a statement about Ishmael and not about me. Well, says your mother, I would say traveling and aiding and abetting one as Ishmael is more than enough proof to say your character has not changed from your time in prison. Ah, so you are claiming that that the content uh, that what Ishmael did is relevant to me. So what proof is there that Ishmael did those things and that I helped? The proof says Annalisa overcast. Well, uh, and she begins thinking pretty hard on it. She says, and I, I press her and I say, or is this just speculation? Oh, no. Uh, Annalisa says, and she snaps her fingers, uh, and floating up into the air, you can see a letter, uh, sent by Lint Lunaroid, uh, and it says in the letter that Ishmael Overcast was the cause of the Great Fog, and then she snaps her fingers, and, uh, another report from Tudor Flute appears, saying that Ishmael Overcast and Avalon Veristinia escaped the prison together and rescued Tudor Flute and Dunhat Doozy together. So I I say, and how do I know this wasn't simply defamation by the Duchess Lunaroid? Uh, at this, uh, the room riots. Uh, and uh, several of them uh, storm up to the front of the room, uh, shouting your name uh, and screaming that you would say something so heinous and vile. Uh, make me a persuasion check. Persuasion check. I get a plus three? Yes, you do. Right? I do. Okay. Oh, boy. 23. 23. Uh, all right. Uh, with that, the ogre uh, shrieks with all four heads, and everyone uh, stunned stops for a second. Seems like they were fucking magically stunned. <laughs> uh, he just used some <laughs> kind of big internal scream, and uh, the ogre bellows, Sit down! This is not a circus! Uh, and, uh, uh, the Lunaroids all retreat to their seats, but they're all steaming mad. Uh, and Annalisa says, I don't have anything other than the official statement of the College of Weather Mages and the fact that we and the Penny Whistle Patrol are hunting you down. But perhaps I can call someone else who will, uh, uh, help back up my decision. I think the Veristinias all know this one well and trust her opinion. Uh, and she snaps her fingers, and appearing next to her, you can see bedecked in full new cosplay, redesigned since uh, you saw her yesterday. You can see white what? box lighter, master assassin, and baseball superstar. Uh, and what? her leaning on her bat says, uh, yeah, indeed, uh, best of the best assassin in the business, and... I told you, she says, pointing up at you, Flaxen. I told you I'd find someone uh, who would hire me to come kill you. And they are paying big, bucko. They are paying big top dollars. Yeah, I was with them on the island. And I can uh, state that both of them are there. In fact, I think Ishmael is still there now. He might be watching. Uh, I look up at like the observation booth. And, like, do one of those things where I, like, kind of hide my hand behind my body and, like, point over at at her. And I'm like, who is, I mouth, who is that? You, um, saw, you saw her briefly. 
Do you I, remember that? Did I see her? Yeah, at the end of episode yep. 15. You saw a woman in where, cosplay, and she said, uh, she wrote a, a message I, into I the baseball diamonds. I didn't see pitch, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. I didn't see her do anything. Correct. All right, I, I'm just going to go with Avalon forgot that moment yeah well okay um, like, and, like like he he saw her but like he still doesn't know who she is yes i think right. like that, that mystery uh, yeah. is still here yeah. and so you could totally ask who is this i think some people in the audience yeah. are certainly asking not that too. not that anyone in the observation room can actually respond to me right. i'm just but I, I think it would totally make sense for avalon to shout out at this point who is this if you want to i'm not gonna shout it seems like people other people know who she is. Uh-huh. Uh, and at this, uh, Annalisa Overcast steps backward and White Fox later takes the stand and she says, I am White Fox Lighter, Master Assassin, and Bound Baseball Elemental for the Veristinia family. I was there and with Windsor. Pirate. Uh, and Pirate, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was there with Windsor and I saw uh, Avalyn Veristinia uh, and I saw Ishmael Overcast. The Penny Whistle Patrol is coming for you, Ishmael, and we will uh, kill you and bring your head. And this uh, Annalisa says, or we'll bring you back alive. We also might do that. That might be what the captain of your ship says. And White Fox later says, ah, and as an unofficial mercenary on your ship hired with roughly the same uh, power level as you, I say we are going to kill you. Bring your head back on a spike, uh, and we will get our uh, million gold pieces for that. <laughs> oh shit, that's a big sum. I say that out loud in the observation room. It is good to know, side note, that saving someone's life is worth around three times as much as killing someone. That That is it's good. It's good to know there's ethics in this universe, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with that, the ogre uh, turns towards you and says, are there any more questions for Annalisa? Um... I am at this point just trying to keep calm Mm -hmm. because I think none of this is relevant, but I don't seem to be able to convince anyone of that. So I just sort of muttered no further questions and sort of stomp back to the defense table. And when I get there, I really would like to sit down, but remember that I can't. Yep. Uh, And uh, with that, your mother says dismissed. And I have one final... uh one final witness to call, just to clear everything up from that last one. It was a little volatile, but I'd like to call Ishmael Overcast to the stand. How does this work? What happens? Uh, at this, Windsor looks over to you and says, uh, well, you don't have to. You're already a wanted criminal, so you could just hide. But if you do want to speak to your defense or speak to Avalon's anyway, you could walk down into the fog chamber and uh, you will appear in the room talking to them. They'll know that you two are together, though. I have a question. Does the Fifth Amendment exist in this game world? <laughs> uh, so I've been going through a, a roller coaster of emotions through mm-hmm. this whole thing, and now that this moment has come, I'm oh, I'm a uh, I'm just laughing. I say, "Yeah, all right, that sounds fun," and I go in. Is it also possible for Ishmael to project himself through fog instead of going there physically? Uh, that is a ability I've not He knows learned. how. Oh, okay, gotcha. Never mind then. Yeah. So you walk into the chamber, uh, and with that, the whole room shuts up for the first time in a while, uh, as it doesn't even look like uh, Avalon's mother was expecting you to show up. Is there a um, place that it seems like I'm supposed to go? Yes, there's a, a podium that you can stand on, or stand okay. at. My immediate instinct is to, like, 
eyes wide, shake my head at you, but I'm going to try and catch myself before I do that. Sure, make me a Because uh, that seems like super suspicious. Uh, make, make you a what? Uh, deception, maybe? I think deception yeah. might be right. You can have plus three to it, um, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six. I, I full-on do that. Okay, yeah, you full-on do that, and uh, your father tries to punch your leg and say, can it, but it goes through your leg. I approach the podium. Okay, yeah, you do. Uh, it's incorporeal. I stand behind it. Um, I make brief eye contact with Avalon, and I show no emotion, and then I look away. And look towards who called me to the stand. Sorry, his mother. His mother. Yes. Um, I look at her and I say, "I'm Ishmael Overcast." Glad that you could join us. Do you know the accused? I do. Could you speak to how you met? We were in prison together. Ah, uh, yes, and you were both uh, released. Uh, obviously for, uh, good behavior. At this, the ogre yells, objection. That's not allowed. <laughs> no uh, sarcasm she says, in the courtroom. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's a dick. <laughs> that's a dick move. Uh, and she rolls her eyes and says, uh, and you both escaped the prison? You both left, uh, without serving your full time? We both escaped the fog. Yes. Yes, the fog. Uh, you did steal a storm glass, correct? Yes. So you might say that you are the only weather mage who could have caused the fog at the prison at the end of the world. No, that is not the case. Oh, who is it? Uh, the dead weather mage or the other dead weather mage? Whoever created the fog is currently unknown. I plead innocent. Uh, unfortunately, it is not your life on trial, but Avalon's. Could you give me a list of all of the criminals that, uh, Avalon's been working with? Why is this necessary? Uh, because if he was a criminal after leaving prison, uh, that shines pretty poorly on his character. I refuse to answer. Well, that certainly looks suspicious, uh, she says, grinning, uh, at the crowd, uh, who, mum who mumbles in assent. Would you say that Avalon has had trouble controlling his emotions? I think no. we all know what that silence means. No. No, I would not. How about the uh, 15 reports from the uh, 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 prison that uh, uh, he has destroyed every piece of furniture in his cell? <laughs> you say that was... An example of an excess of control. Avalon's emotion has nothing to do with this. Oh, then what, what, what about Avalon does have to do with him killing his own brother? Your phoenix. Our phoenix! He knows about our phoenix! Why does our phoenix have to do with uh I'm not the I, defense lawyer. I don't think that's my Yeah, I, I jump in and say, Your Honor, uh that will become clear during testimony for the defense. Well, consorting with known criminals, working with the uh most wanted member of the College of Weather Mages, 
A uh, known criminal, escaped from prison, didn't serve his life sentence. This sounds like the sort of person who would just happen to wander into a room with his own brother who got murdered by other means uh, and then wandered out, being the only other suspect on the scene. Thanks, Ishmael. I think that will be all. I, I give a nod to Avalyn, I think. And uh, I walk out of the room. Yeah, I give a little nod of a little grateful nod in return. Honestly, it seems like your conversation did work a little bit of magic on the room in and of itself. Uh, as everyone has been hearing Avalyn is murderer, Avalyn sucks, the first time that someone speaks about something different, the Phoenix, it definitely put her on her back foot and she had no idea what you're talking about. So she is pretty hesitant and she she obviously didn't expect uh there to be this strong of a defense or there to be any defense at all um so uh as you walk back towards the observation room uh for the first time in a while uh rhythm gives you a really friendly smile uh, and says that was really really well done i uh i laugh a little and i say uh yeah thanks uh, and with that, uh, there, there are a few other character witnesses that are called up members of your family that clearly your mother has uh, cajoled into talking up. And they talk over every nasty detail of your own personal history, uh, the fact that you wouldn't enter uh, into most magical schools, the fact that you uh, did a lot of hand-to-hand weapon fighting, the fact that you clearly knew how to use a greatsword. It's a lot of kind of fluff, uh, but it fills up a solid hour of time. Uh, and it's just a lot of people uh, slamming you over and over but nothing particularly interesting comes to it uh and at the end uh uh, she uh simply bows in front of the room uh and her half of the courtroom uh applauds uh for a significantly long amount of time rude (laughs) yeah uh and then uh the ogre turns to you and your father punches through your knee again (laughs) um so I, i assume that's the signal for the defense yes it is um, all right, I guess I'll read my opening statement. Um, I pull out a piece of paper, um, and reading from it, I say, Your Honor, gentlemen of the jury, I look at the other three heads. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> esteemed family members and others. Yes. This trial's purpose is to ascertain the guilty party in the murder of Thanissar Veristinia, my brother. While the prosecution has sought to establish myself as the guilty party, I believe the evidence will refute that claim. Furthermore, it will show that not only did I not have sufficient motive to commit such a heinous crime, but that I was forced through magical means to perform actions that were against my will. It would not be an exaggeration to state that the threat posed to House Veristinia is grievous indeed, and that to arrive again at the family's initial, most immediate conclusion not only would be wrongly injurious to myself, but to the entire house. Thank you. There's polite applause from both sides of the courtroom. I say, I would like to present first as evidence. And, uh, I, uh, is there somewhere for me to put this alchemy book? You know, that's a great question. Uh, 
as you ask, uh, you can see a couple of uh, little stone elementals that are walking around this mist chamber uh, wander over and thunk themselves uh, in place uh, to uh, make a pedestal in the middle of the room. How nice of them. Uh, I place the alchemy book um, open to the to the frenzy potion page. Mm-hmm. And I say, while it is true that I did engage in combat with my old brother that day, we were in fact sparring, as was our custom. Our custom did not allow for full contact. As such, I would like to direct your attention here, and I indicate, um, and I say, this is a recipe for a frenzy potion, which, when brewed correctly and administered, sends anyone that drinks it into an uncontrollable, murderous rage. I do not claim that I had been subjected to this potion at the time. I merely wish to establish its existence. Now, um, I shut the book, um, put it away. I would like a moment, says your mother, with the exhibit. I guess I will just leave it on the pedestal. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, As she walks up, she walks over towards and says, Oh, dearest daughter of mine, could you remind me? Uh, And you can see that your sister is sitting on your side of the courtroom, but she is uh, reading her thesis uh, and looks up, uh, obviously a little bored. (laughs) And she says, Yeah, mom. Uh, And she says, Dearest daughter, could you enlighten me? What, What are the three rules of magic? And your sister says, well, as we all know, the core truth of all magic is that it comes from the elements, uh, one of the elements. But this isn't one of the rules. Uh, the o- there are only three rules of magic. Number one, you cannot bring someone back from the dead. So, that way, I guess we all knew that. Otherwise, this trial wouldn't be necessary. Um, number two, you can't muck with time. If you could muck with time, you already would have. So I guess we can't go back and check and see if he did the crime. But I'm guessing that's not the one you're talking about, Mum. I am guessing the one you are talking about is rule number three. You cannot control another person's mind using magic. Agency is a magic even magic cannot touch. And at this, your mother nods and says, yes. That is true. I, I had nearly forgotten it. It slipped my mind. So you could say that Avalon Veristinia's agency could not be stripped away, not even by a magical potion such as, such as this. And so Avalon would still be the agent of his own brother's demise. Now that's curious, she says, and she goes and sits back down. Um, I look up at the ogre and... Uh and and say, but we have firmly established that a respected textbook does list this potion. Uh, the ogre says, we have established what we've established. Save your cross-cross examinations for a different trial. 
I frown slightly, but um, then I, I put the book away and I say, I'd like to call as a witness the Veristinia Phoenix. <gasps> With that, the entire room is speechless. Even your mother uh, falls back down into her chair uh, as in... Th- the place of the podium, <laughs> rising from the ground underneath you, its head the size of, I don't know, like a pickup truck, uh, the Veristinia <laughs> Phoenix Whoa. bursts through the ground, uh, and two massive talons, kadunk, kadunk, through the sides of the courtroom, uh, busting open holes, letting in the air. Um, <laughs> Wait, is it like breaking the actual room yes. back where they are? Back oh, they that's are, awesome. For sure. It's very cinematic. It's very bandana. Um, <laughs> I'm immediately looking at its manacles. Yeah, and you can see the manacles around its legs as it pulls itself up in this kind of hunched position. And as as Flaxen saw it, so too you see it. There is a moon on one of the manacles. Okay, thank God. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I let out... I, I guess it would only be audible to my father and the defense lawyers, but I let out a sigh of relief. Um, the two of them are panicked and your father turns over towards you and says, what have you done? What are you, what are you playing at? Um, I, uh, oh no, I say, no. And he he turns over towards his lawyer and starts talking rapidly under his breath. I say, I would like to direct the court's attention to the manacles. Manacles on which... As you can clearly see, there are moons. Now, the Veristinia house is closely aligned with the element of fire. And manacles using star magic would not be ones used by the Veristinia house. When... I have been forced to lose control of my body. It has been this phoenix acting through me. And those manacles, I point dramatically, are the cause why. I do not know who placed the manacles on the phoenix, nor why. I do! Says uh, your father standing up next to you, realizing what happens. look at him being very confused. (laughs) That moon, though we don't see it often, is just the last of a line of crimes that those non-Veristidians have imposed upon us. And he points towards the Lunaroids. And the Lunaroids stand up themselves and they say, you would dare? You would dare profane our honor when we have given so much to support your dying house uh, and your mother reaches under the table and picks up a wand and she points it at the other side, but she isn't fast enough. Your father wheels around and shoots a pair of magic missiles with knock her off of her feet and within less than a tactical round, less than six seconds, the entire room is a battlefield. Huh. Flaxen just says, well, this seemed inevitable. Sure did take a long time to get to this point. Yeah, I finally understand <laughs> I, uh, what's going on. 
I have a question. What is the ogre doing? The ogre is breathing his last breath. A spear <laughs> stuck through its heart. Uh, and you don't know well, whose hand it flew from, but it certainly flew very true. And it knew I, that it wanted to kill one person that was both judge and jury. I mm-hmm. run towards him and, uh, and, and, and say, Your Honor, Your Honor, verdict, verdict. <laughs> Make me a... Uh, what Medicine persuasion check. of your lifetime? Desperation check. Oh man! Uh, could I potentially, having seen a spear go through Milord M- Ogre's chest, could I make a perception check to attempt to see who threw it? Totally. Unnatural twenty. Unnatural 20. You don't see who threw it, but you do see one of the dials on the fog chamber uh, is labeled rewind. And so it looks like you might be able to scrub back through a recording of this trial and see exactly whose hand it flew from. Gotcha. Let's go back to when Avalon fell over. (laughs) (laughs) Again, rude. (laughs) Avalon, what was your roll? 16. A 16. Uh, As you attempt to grab his shoulder and force the verdict out of him, he breathes. And he dies before you can only get it. Three a- noises. Oh, There's yeah. four heads. Sorry. Clerk. <laughs> Thank you. That's much better. Yeah. You can- uh-huh. Perfect. That'll be really good audio treat. <laughs> um, I curse under my breath and look back at this battlefield. Who seems to be winning? Honestly, it's a pretty even match, uh, and uh, it seems like the amount of motion is overtaxing the fog chamber, and- uh, Windsor, shut it down. Uh, Windsor hits a big button, and the fog chamber pauses, uh, and so all of the uh, uh, action is caught, frozen mid- midair. I run down the stairs to the entrance. I, uh, I uh... Hey, can this- fog thing go backwards to earlier in the trial? Oh yeah, of course, says uh, uh, Windsor. What do you want to see? He scrubs back to uh, Avalon falling over, and mm-hmm. he plays it a couple times on loop. Oh, that got recorded too, even though Avalon's not fog? Can I get a copy Oh of yeah, actually, it might not get recorded, so it's just like a chair <laughs> and everyone laughing at an empty chair. Oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I look up at the, at the observation room um, and sort of go what the heck with my hands? Uh, I open the door into the chamber. Yep. I say, Avalon, you okay? I say, well, I didn't get a guilty verdict. At least I got them to see the phoenix. Get out of there. Come on. We shut it down. Um, I sort of flip off the projection of my mom and, uh, and then walk out of the room. I grip around your shoulder and take you up to the observation room where everyone's fiddling with the dials. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to do with the dials before you head out? Uh, We saw who threw the spear. Uh, Yes. As you head back, uh, Windsor is playing with the dial uh, and he always overshoots it or undershoots it. uh, So eventually rhythm like elbows him out of the way and gives a finer hand to the dial uh, and twists it uh, just to the moment of the spear uh, leaving her hand. Whose hand? That would be your sister's. 
My Whoa. sisters. Has oh. your sister always been good at javelin throwing? Definitely not. But sometimes, I mean, she's she's an accomplished wizard. She could have used air magic to to make the spear fly true. Is she single? That is my in-universe explanation for the true strike spell. Um, <laughs> nice, yeah. Shut up, Virgil. <laughs> is she single? <laughs> um, I, I say, yes, but wow, would you not like her? Um, well, I, uh, I look down and I say, is there some way to... Uh, is this is this recording? Does it have to stay here? Can we somehow take it with us? Unfortunately, it in a no. Chamber? I can have a transcript. We've had a uh, a little sandpiper star creature transcribing the whole thing. So that'll be that'll be due. That'll be due. So that'll be good. That'll, that'll be, that'll be due. due. I like it. Let's start that'll saying that. <laughs> that'll so, be due. My sister won't face any charges for murdering a justice of the peace. <sighs> Well, I think I think you're off the hook. Well, my family's probably too distracted to come after me yeah. for the time being. Yeah, and it I sounds think like you have some other people coming after you that you'll have to worry a little more about for the moment. We need to, we need to worry more about the Penny Whistle Patrol now. Brigade? Yeah. Is it, are they brigade or patrol? Patrol. Patrol. They alliterate. Patrol. Good. Let's get out of this gloomy area. <laughs> I think it's time for one final meal and then shipping you guys off back out on the open ocean. Yeah. All right. Uh, and as he leaves the room, uh, you can see Windsor takes a moment uh, and then flipping off the room, he brings down both of his hands and crunches the controls, destroying them permanently. Oh, Ooh, nice. Well, up at the edge of the beach, you can see Wait. that there... Yes. Has it been an hour since I met Death? I'm I'm wondering if this man was the one that she had a, a, a schedule... I'm, I'm trying to figure out who was her, her scheduled stop in an hour. Yes, it was definitely around exactly an hour since you've met Death. Uh, and in fact, you, Ishmael, in the recording that's frozen in time forever, uh, can see Death uh, crouching behind the ogre, uh, looking at her watch. Holy shit. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> the sun is growing low in the sky. As you can see, the giant bank of fog is now well within view. Uh, it's probably four hours away, um, three and a half. But set up on the beach just next to your boat uh, is a goodbye meal that it seems like all of the uh, uh, the crew of the Veristinia estate have put together. Um, all of the servants you've seen are there, aside from the turtle, of course. And uh, it's honestly a surprisingly intimate and small meal, uh, given that none of the college students are there. Uh, Annalise's balloon is bucked off, as well as a lot of the other visitors uh, seem to have already left uh, yesterday. So it's pretty quiet. Um, yours is the only big ship left on the... Uh, on the dock. Uh, but Windsor looks like he's kind of gearing himself up to make some kind of speech. Uh, and so uh, he's kind of putting it off by getting a couple of drinks in and serving up food to everybody. Is there anyone that any of you want to talk to or anything you want to do before uh, uh, Windsor says his final words? Not until after he says his words. 
Cool. Like I can ask my question, but I can wait. Cool, cool. Well then, uh, halfway through the second course, uh, a, a very delicious series of roasted hens, Windsor uh, taps his glass. Tink, 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 tink. That's a LaCroix. It doesn't work. Uh, Windsor taps his glass uh, and stands up. <laughs> Try. <laughs> I was just trying to get my LaCroix, Foley. LaCroix, please sponsor. LaCroix, please. Uh, We're not getting paid. Windsor stands up uh, and uh, addresses the table and says, Friends, servants, elementals, I uh, want to say what an honor it's been to uh, hang with all of you. And uh, Wow. <laughs> and to our more recent wow. friends I hope that your stay at the Veristinia estate is as pleasant as it was for me when I was a child uh, this place always was a little bit of respite the Veristinias and all the politics of the east they don't understand that family isn't a thing that you set aside in the daytime family is a thing that exists at all times uh, and that's that's just what I hold on to. But before we go, you'll have to excuse an old man, a couple of parting words, and a couple of parting gifts for my new uh, uh, friends in the final... Well, he looks up at the fog and looks back to the table. First, I would like to say that... Uh, I am honored to have been there on Flax and Roan's first pirate voyage. I cannot even begin to expect to understand the wild escapades that you will go on, Flax and Roan. I look at Flax and with eyes wide, like, what the heck is he talking about? Yeah, same. What? I know nothing about this. I don't make eye contact with either of them. <laughs> now, Flaxen. I received this when I was a much younger elf, but I carried it through every one of my piratey escapades, and I hope that uh, you will know the right kind of people to be pirating against. Here, here, come on, come on up here, he says, and he pulls out uh, a long wooden box from under the table. I uh, walk up. Uh, he hands it towards you and says, come on, go on, open it up. All right, I pop it open. And of course, of course, it is the piratiest cutlass that the world has ever seen. It has what? a little skull on the handle. It has three little gem sockets for you to place magical artifacts into from your future adventures. Uh, and it seems to glisten uh, with some runes uh, from old pirating days. Whoa. Damn. Uh, oh. Wow, Wendy, this is, this is really cool. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for this. Yeah. It's plus two, so like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cherish it. Yeah, I think you'll want a couple of these too. These aren't special, but I rooted around and picked them up since you seem so inclined. Uh, and he Is fishes off his belt. A couple of eye patches. Uh, a couple of eye patches. <laughs> six. No, he pulls off of his belt uh, a pair of manacles uh, that appear to be a, a, a pretty standard but uh, arcane enchanted one. Uh, and he says, pick a good uh, elemental to be your first one to bind. Nothing too dangerous, but nothing too boring either. Wow. I'll put these to good use. And Flaxen, my final gift is just a piece of advice. When it comes to being a pirate, I would ask, be the unbearably good sort. 
Yeah, of course. I wouldn't have it any other way. To Flax and Roan, the greatest pirate born on this island. Aye. Yeah. I take the sword and do my best pirate flourish. Nice. Make should, I, performance should I roll check. for it? All right. <laughs> yeah, I got a six. Nice. Oh. <laughs> the sword flies out of your hand and sticks into the side of the how am I feeling. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and this uh, uh, Wendy says, ah, pirating ain't easy, folks. He'll get the hang of it. Uh, I'll get the hang of it. I face palm hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Rowan Ridley. I like whip my head around. Never spoken to this man before, (laughs) but I stand up anyways. (laughs) I, uh, I don't think I've seen someone take to a room the way that you took to yours. And, uh, uh, (laughs) as I was out on the ocean, what uh, a compliment. Kind of creepy, even watching me. No, the turtle has. Uh, what? Okay. How do you think that he knows when you ring your bell? New. No. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, look, you got to use your eyes well, and it seems like you could use. Look, I don't admit this freely. I don't think I've ever said this in a public space, but I, Windsor Veristinia, am a fan of anime. <laughs> 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 what? Oh, thank God. I was not sure what he was going to say. Now, uh, Rowan, one anime fan to another, I think it's only fitting that you get my personal highest class anime box. Oh, my God. <sighs> now, I'll say there's a, there's a whole stock of the best scripts on here, including a, a few of my own devising. Uh, but... Uh, Oh, no, he wrote fan fiction. I will say that the six <laughs> elementals in this box, while incredibly high quality, they are a little uh, saucier than your average elemental. So you might Whoa. find, uh, you might find the, uh, the anime that you perform to be a little bit more uh, risque, as you were. Why? Windsor Veristinia, what do you get up in your shoes? Why did he give you the hentai box? (laughs) (laughs) Why is this in universe? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I humbly received the hentai box from Avalon's great, great uncle. Wait, are we calling it the hentai box? (laughs) (laughs) With as much um, dignity as I can muster. Thank you so much. Um, well, why is Avalon so red? <laughs> yeah, My face is just flat on the table right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. I sit back down. <laughs> it's just your TV shows, right? I mean, oh. wait, what do we call them? Is anime. there a word besides anime in this universe? Nope. Nope. It's just your your elementals in a box, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course, Flaxen. Yep. All right. You don't Avalon, have to be get your head up of off the table. I begrudgingly sit up. Now I'll say this. Uh, I hope you understand now, after today. Maybe you always have that. It's not a. Uh, it's not money or power or any of that sort of thing that brings uh, quality to a person's life. I hope you never have to chase that. So this isn't something that's mighty expensive or even hard to find, but I hope you'll treasure it. It's uh, a rock. And he pulls out uh, from uh, behind his chair uh, just a box that seems to be wrapped. It's pretty light, but it's a couple feet long. It's like a big shoe box. And he hands it to you. I 
take it and I, I look at him and say, should I open this? Yeah, open it up. All right, I, I do that. All right, inside you see a ukulele. And Windsor looks to you and says, I, I give this to you with hope that you might have many a, a good jam session with whatever practice partner that you choose. I smile and uh, and I give him a hug. Oh, Avalyn. I'm sorry about today. He mutters in your ear. You say, it wasn't your fault. We could still use your help. I'm trying to give it in the best way I know how, bud. All right. And just want you to know that uh, you've lost your own practice partners before, but I think these ones might might be for keeps, so hang on tight. I will. Thank you. Also, he says, bucking away and brushing some tears out of his eye and beard, somebody steals that ukulele. Just let them keep it. Those things cost like 20 gold. They probably need it more than you. <laughs> Just don't put value on that one. Just get a new one. They sell them at like any store. <laughs> All right. The man after my own heart, Virgil Badwater. Get up here. Uh, yeah. What what's you up to, windbag? You're a... Uh, you're captain. And a captain looks out for his crew. And I'm... I think you're the sort that will look out for his crew. But sometimes you can use a little help looking out for your crew. So, uh, this one may be a little magical for you, but... I hope you uh, keep it close. Ooh, I'm all a flutter. Out of his front pocket, he pulls out uh, a little tooth. It's Toothy's tooth. Oh my good god! What uh, what am I to do with such an item? Hold it close. I had, I used the best of my magic and the support of the best of my elementals to get this for you, Virgil. It'll keep people from doing what they did to Toothy to you. Keep this thing close, and the elements inside your body, other elementists can't touch them. No more bones being ripped out of you or your friend's skin. Not the water won't be pulled out of your eyes, the fire won't be taken out of your heart. I know we'll take great comfort in knowing we're not at risk of that. The protection will stick to anyone in your crew, so... Gotcha. Choose your crew carefully. Well... Get yourself a damn chef. is <laughs> our number one priority. Uh, Better be. So do we need some kind of operation or, yeah, I'll have a dentist or something? I think I got... One of these is fake, I know. Let me... Virgil, 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 Virgil. All you gotta do with that, make it keep active, keep it in your boat. Ah, that's much more convenient. Well... Did you think you had to put it in your mouth? Well, um, <laughs> what other, what other, what's a tooth? Where else do you put a tooth? You on a necklace? Switch, like a cool guy? You switch out your regular teeth for the magic ones. That's what I always figured you did. Wow, I mean, that's pretty cool. Right? Like, 
Got a gold tooth, got a little crocodile tooth here. Who knows? Seems- <laughs> yeah, that's what the tooth fairy does. The tooth fairy swaps uh-huh. takes your teeth, brings you new them, feet. and then puts in new ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. Then Ishmael, uh, you can see that Windsor has been stalling on this one. Um, you can see that he uh, has taken his time to get to you, uh, and whatever he's about to say is going to be pretty personal. I know that I'm next. I look at him, waiting, and I am on the verge of tears. And he says uh, to to everyone, but he says to you, kind of without looking at you, and then eventually looking at you. And he says, Oh, Ishmael. I can't undo what's been done in courtrooms across the world. I can't. Man, if I could, I would. There's no magic I can give you here, I'm afraid. No swords or teeth or anime. But I can give you something else. Something um, I hope I hope you'll keep. When I was a, a little kid back at the Veristinia estate, staying there, uh, when I, I, I ran away from home a lot. A lot. I, uh, I joined a circus for a, a good decade or two, came back, they tried to put me back in school. But, uh, I think they picked up that I wasn't uh, picking up what they were putting down, as were. And, uh, and so they gave me something. They gave me a, uh, a Pontesian cherry tree, <laughs> which seemed a little out of the, out of the blue, but uh, those Pontesian cherry trees need a lot of love and care and affection. Uh, and they were clever <laughs> because I didn't want to let that cherry tree die. Um, so I didn't, I didn't run away after I had that cherry tree and I wanted to keep it, keep it safe. Um, but that cherry tree was stubborn. (laughs) It was not, uh, it was not kind to me. It, uh, it didn't, didn't bloom, uh, and Pontesian cherry trees should bloom in the spring, uh, because they have to bloom in the spring. You see, if they bloom in the winter, they'll die. Uh, they're too vulnerable. But that cherry tree, it did not bloom when it came to spring or even when it came to summer as it's now turning for us. And uh, it came to autumn and it wasn't blooming still. And uh, and so I figured, well, maybe this cherry tree was dead and, and I should get another or just just uh, leave it be. But I didn't I didn't want to leave it and die. So I waited and then winter rolled around and uh, and the cherry tree bloomed. And every single day that I watered that cherry tree, I, I didn't know if it ever would. And then it did. And I couldn't help but hate that goddamn cherry tree for blooming in the middle of winter. If it had just held on till the next spring, it would have been damn fine. But blooming in uh, the winter, it would die. But it did anyway. And, uh, and I didn't understand that for uh, many hundred years. But... But it did bloom, and it bloomed one flower. I apologize for all of my whinging, but it's it's the curse of my old age. Uh, to me, that flower is a reminder. When everything fades away, and the winter comes, when everything else fades away, what are you left holding on to? And I'd say, hold on to that. When everything else falls, 
what is it that I pictured myself holding on to? Just like that cherry tree, and it it held on to itself blooming. So, so I've kept that blossom pressed here between a couple panes of glass. And um, if you would, Ishmael, I hope that you uh, you would keep this for me and uh, and keep my words with you uh, as you as you leave harbor. And looks like you best be doing that soon. Uh, does he have it in his hands? Yes, he extends out uh, a single pressed cherry blossom between two panes of glass set in wooden uh, a wooden frame. I am actually crying when I take it. And I look back up at him and I say, I've seen what happens when that fog comes. It's painless and it will be the happiest moment of your life. He breaks out to a grin and he says, and I hope you understand what it is that I'm holding on to. No, I... I don't. Well, I hope you do someday. I nod. Take the glass. That's enough of my whinging. You guys better get off. That fog's looking pretty big and, uh... Wow. He uh, fumbles with his fork uh, and he sits back down and says, well, get off, get off, get back off to your ship. Can I do one last thing? Yeah. Um, I take out a bottle from my belt and I fill it with sand from the beach. Nice. You totally can. I uh, give him a long last look. And then I head back to the boat, too. I walk over to Windsor as we're packing up and loading up onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, thanks for the um, box. Uh, while I was in your library, I learned from, your, I learned from the um, archivists that you've been to the Kasiki Islands. Yeah, it's been uh, several years there. How did you get in? From what I recall, our islands don't let just anyone in. In fact, I don't think we've let almost anyone in, except for like one or two traders over the probably the entire history or in the entire known history. How did you even manage to spend several years there? He smiles and says, oh, I thought I'd take that secret with me to my grave. But sure, I'd say that your defenses do a great job at sniffing out intruders that aren't elementals. But uh, if one is to pose themselves to look like an elemental, then uh, your guards don't do such a great job of checking. So I spent most of my time covered in around three and a half inches of basalt. (sighs) So, yeah, stone. It was not comfortable, but I kind of wanted to check it out. It's an interesting place. Well... (laughs) I've heard of your exploits, exploits even uh, from my corner of the island. Um, you cost us a lot of paperwork, you know that? Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, man. The idea that I could make someone else do paperwork? Good gravy. That's a, that's a blessing in disguise. I hope your last moments are peaceful. Um, I better get back to the ship, but thank yeah, you for your off. help. Anytime. Well, <laughs> anytime in the past, I guess.
And with that, the ship sails off into the horizon, leaving the Veristinian summer home behind you. And you can see the slow crawl of the fog as your stardust goes into the engine, and the ship, bright and perky, recognizes it's time to kind of shut its mouth and let this be a solemn moment as the fog washes over the summer home, taking over the beachfront, taking over the children's house, the pools, the tennis courts, the baseball diamond, and eventually the very eastern tip, leaving the Windsor Manor behind you. As I watch it, I want to hold Avalon's hand. I clench it subconsciously, like a little too tightly. Nice. But I'm Otherwise, I'm not showing any emotion looking back at this. And after after the fog has taken over the manor, a thought occurs to me. And I, I turn, I walk away from you, Avalyn. Uh, and I go find Flaxen. I'm on the deck facing away from the island and looking into the jar of sand. I approach. Hey, Flaxen. That turtle. You said... Knew. You knew that turtle was dead. Yeah. I saw that turtle this morning. It was with death. There was no way I would have known it was dead if I hadn't seen that. How did you know? I was there when he died. What happened? Uh, I was on a boat with Windy and and White Fox Lighter. And uh and then I explained the rest. Um I listened to it all. And then when it's done, I say Is that what he is that why he was staying behind? Was he trying to do that again? I'm not sure. Well, it clearly didn't work. Yeah. Ishmael? Yeah? I I know you didn't do this, and I hope you know that too. Thank you. I don't think I did it either. Good. Hey, Virgil. Yeah? You spy a star in the sky which is pretty early for stars to pop out, but not unheard of. But what's really a bizarre sight is this star is getting bigger. Much bigger. And it seems like it's flying directly towards your ship. I grin. <laughs> and you're right to do so, as Becky lands upon your shoulder. Hey. Alright, crew, smoke them if you got them. Stoke the engines, <laughs> swab the dicks, unfurl the doilies. Yeehaw! Tied around <laughs> Becky's leg. And you can see Becky was not big enough to carry this letter. But tied around Becky's leg, you can see there's a little canister with a tiny little uh, letter that's uh, written. Uh, take a look at the letter. The letter says, Dear Virgil, Things just got quite very bad. 
Mondo Stones learned from here on Fear Gubbler Island that he can sacrifice a water elemental to create a massive impenetrable barrier. It's really dangerous magic. He's planning to sail to the Western Watchtower, kill all of the Sea Guard there, and create a massive impenetrable wall there to trap Unglian behind it and have her overcome by the fog. I think the fog can go through it, but you can't. He can easily succeed. I've seen the kind of firepower his crew is packing. I would assume he thinks of you all being trapped behind the wall as an added bonus. He calls it ironic. I don't think he knows what irony means. Last week will be sacrificed as soon as Mondo seizes the Western Watchtower. So, you might want to hurry. Yours, Mr. Whiskerboy. P.S. Becky has been flying for a long time. Sending her on such an expedition truly shows your lack of compassion for fire elementals. What if it had rained? Treat your fire elementals better, assholes. He didn't know you had secret galoshes. Six of them. Damn it. Hey, uh, hey, Rowan, we may want to throw an extra vial of stardust in the engine. We got to... We gotta get moving. <laughs> <laughs>